Come on, let's give the Lord the praise that he so richly and rightfully deserved for the Lord has allowed for us to be in his sanctuary one more time. This is our annual youth day. And if we could, wherever you are right now, celebrate, give God praise for our youth who will be leading us in worship this morning. I want to, of course, before we get started, just to uh, let you all know how we're going to be flowing. Uh, if you're watching us on Facebook, YouTube, or engaging in our live chat room on our church website, welcome to St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So we need you to do us a favor. If you're watching us on Facebook, share on your personal timeline. Tag those you want to invite to your post. If you're watching us on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel and text the link of this worship experience to your personal network. We want to grow our YouTube subscription to at least 1,500 people. Uh, and as we continue to grow that uh, particular aspect of our social media. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, click the invite button in the chat window to share this experience with others. I also want you to do me this favor, wherever you're watching us right now, YouTube, Facebook, our church website, do me a favor. We want to know where you are. So if you would, uh, in the chat, just type in where you're watching us from. We have people that are watching us all over the country. And for God, we give God the praise as far as that is concerned. So thank you all so very much. Uh, at this time, Trinity Benjamin is going to come and uh, do our call to worship. And after that, we're going to have the singing, All Hail, the Power of Jesus' Name. Good morning, St. Paul, and happy Youth Sunday. My name is Trinity Benjamin, and I'm going to my senior year at Independence High School. Today is Youth Day, and days like today gives us a chance to celebrate what God is doing in the lives of youths like me. Psalm 17, 71:17 says, Since my youth, God, you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. Church family, I love being back in church for worship today to celebrate who God is and some of the great things he has done. Regardless of where you're worshiping from this morning, give us give God some praise for how great he is. And simply because you woke up another day. This morning in worship, youth like me will be leading parts of our worship service. Following our opening hymn, Janice will read the scripture for today and Kamaya will give our prayer of invocation. Now, please join the choir and sing in our opening hymn, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. Thank you.
Good morning, everyone. My name is Shanice Izzard, and I'm going to the 10th grade. This morning, I'll be reading our scripture passage that will set the tone for the Youth Sunday. Please open your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 through 21. I'll be reading from the New International Version. This passage reads, For the reason I kneel before the Father, for, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives his name, I pray that... I, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and, how, and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know that the love surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning. May everyone please bow your heads down for prayer. Father God, we thank you for waking us all up this morning and letting us see another beautiful day. And Lord, this morning we just ask if you would enlighten our minds with truth, fill our hearts with praise, inspire our wills with courage, inflame our hearts with love, and enrich our lives with service. We pray for all those who are facing sickness in their bodies and we ask that you would ease their worry, restore their health, and soothe their pain, Lord God. And God, whether we are online or here at the church, we thank you for bringing us together to learn more about you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. Oh, the man. 
together and praise the God who still reigns this morning over your life, over your circumstances, over everything that you are going through right now. Man, we worship a God that is over it all. Amen. He's mighty enough. He's big enough to handle it. Thank you guys for that reminder. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Man, before I get into anything this morning, I want to praise God for the, um, I honestly didn't even mean to do this, but for the awesome girl power that was represented this morning. Amen. And uh, I think I think that's just awesome uh, what God is doing through Trinity, through Shanice, through Kamaya. Girls, y'all killed it. I really do appreciate you all being here this morning. And thank you again. You guys did a wonderful, really a wonderful job. So thank you all. And man, I, I really enjoyed yesterday, the one day fun day that was experienced. Um, I just want to shout out Reverend Brenda Richardson and, uh, and uh, Mr., uh, Dr. Sherelle Fuller and the rest of our Sunday morning live team of teachers and volunteers that came yesterday and really just made it a fun time. And it was so good seeing those kids um, after really just so long um, of not really being able to see them fully in person. We had a fun time yesterday, man. That, that moon bounce might have deflated, but man, we, we our fun didn't deflate. I know that. I know that. We had a good time. We had a good time. So, man, that they were amazing. And so we thank God for everything that, that they were able to help put together. I was glad to be a part of it. So, guys, we, we are getting into our third week, um, our third week now of the Lord's Prayer um, and really talking about what is in a prayer. Uh, what, what does Jesus teach us in the Lord's Prayer that we can put and incorporate into our own prayers? So the title of our message for today is going to be called Our Daily Bread. Our daily bread, our memory verse uh, will come from Matthew 6, uh, verse 11 in the Lord's Prayer. And it says, give us today our daily bread. And then our bottom line for today, guys, the main point I want us to get from this message is pray for God to provide every day. Pray for God to provide every day. After I graduated from uh, college at Virginia Tech, uh, what I consider to be the best university in the land, in May of 2018, I moved down here uh, to Charlotte uh, later that summer in August. I'd actually had a job lined up to be the head youth pastor of a church in Cramerton, North Carolina. And I was going to start at the end of August if I accepted the position. Well, after meeting with the head pastor of the church in Cramerton and after praying over the position and even talking with some of uh, the wonderful uh, mentors and people that I have in my life, I'd felt like God didn't want me to take uh, the job. This meant heading into my first semester of graduate school at Gardner-Webb University, I was on my way to having no job, which meant I would be making no money for however long lasting unemployment lasted, which meant until further notice, I'd be living off of college graduation money that I got from family and friends for the foreseeable future. So from August until November of that year, I didn't have a job. But also during that time, I learned to trust in God a lot more than I would have if I was making a ton of money and living a fun lifestyle. You learn really fast that you can't rely on your own efforts to provide for yourself. When there's no money coming in to leave you thinking you'll be all right for the future, I was going to have to take it one day at a time. I was also going to have to get better with how I spend my money and manage it. But most importantly, I was going to have to look to God to help me out physically and spiritually every day. Sure enough, guys and girls, I patiently waited out my time of being unemployed and I never wanted or starved or went without money for rent. Praise God, because my roommate Chris would have killed me. When I finally landed a ministry job, it was here at St. Paul to be your children and youth pastor. And I can honestly say that the time of being unemployed helped me to see that worrying about the future 
and how you are going to provide for yourself isn't the way to go. When I finally started to make some money for, my step, my, for myself, I still had to recognize where that money was coming from. God was giving me just enough for what I needed to live life every day, just enough. Because you see, daily, we all have to look to God each and every day to provide for all of our needs, both physical and spiritual. So again, our bottom line, pray for God to provide every day. Guys, our memory verse from Matthew 6, 11, I want to read it again for us. Jesus says in this part of the Lord's Prayer, give us today our daily bread. One of the first things I want to point out to you guys about this verse is where it shows up in the Lord's Prayer. You see, in the first couple of verses in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us to begin by praising God's name in our prayers. And then he tells us to pray for what, for, uh, what God wants to be done. It's only after we praise God and pray according to his will that we then bring up what we want from God, that we bring up our request. This truth is what a lot of our prayers might be missing today, guys. It's easy to just go right into asking God for the things that we want done in our own lives. But Jesus is telling us here that there's a better way to go about praying. And it begins by acknowledging and praising our Heavenly Father. The only one who knows and is capable of providing exactly what we need when we need it is God. Once we know it's God who can, will, and does supply our every need, we have to remember to take it one day at a time. Later on in the same chapter of Matthew, guys, Jesus tells us not to worry about tomorrow, but to seek God and what he wants first. In our example prayer from Jesus, when we tell God to give us today what we need, it means that ideally we should be going to God every day, daily in prayer. Whether it's when you're eating Cheerios at the breakfast table or before you begin to watch Netflix and binge your favorite show in the summertime morning or before you get ready to fire up Fortnite on the Xbox at the start of your day, you need to look to God and ask for him to provide all that you will need for the coming day. What will we need for the coming day, guys? Well, man, that's what Jesus says is our daily bread. And this isn't your fresh out of the oven Panera bread roll. Okay, no, this is, this, this is what one of my former leaders in college used to say. It's food, it's water, it's safety, it's energy. It's the ability to be productive, to love, to show compassion, patience, forgiveness, or to have peace for what looks to be a stressful day ahead. In other words, whatever we need for the coming day, these things are the daily bread that Jesus is talking about. Spiritually or physically, guys, we can look to God to provide for our every need. And guys, if you remember anything, if you remember anything at all, remember that no matter if you were college broke poor, like I once was, and sometimes still am, or Richie richer than your youth pastor, man, the Bible reminds us that every good or perfect thing we've ever received is from the Lord. Pray for God to provide every day, guys. Will you join me in prayer as we close out this impact moment? Dear Lord, our Heavenly Father, I thank you so, so very much for being a God that is bigger than we've ever thought, that is capable of providing and able and willing to give us everything that we need, both physically and spiritually. Lord, I, I thank you for, for really just caring about us enough to know what we need and to giving it, giving it to us at the right time and the right amount so that we can still depend on you knowing that everything we have, every good and perfect thing, Lord, 
it comes from you. So Lord, we thank you so very much for caring about us and being loving enough to supply our every need. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you guys. Come on, let's give the Lord the praise he so richly and rightfully deserved. Thank you, Reverend C, for that word reminding us that our provisions really do come from the Lord and um, how the Lord is ultimately our shepherd. I have the wonderful opportunity and the blessed privilege to um, do a baby dedication. It is something that we don't take lightly here at the St. Paul Church. It is really a sign that the church continues to grow and move on. And so I'm going to ask that the family of Camille Noah Tullis would join me, well, the parents and the uh, sibling would join me up front. And then the rest of the family, I'm going to ask that you would stand where you are. And we're going to, of course, uh, celebrate as far as this baby dedication is concerned. First of all, what a blessed privilege it is for the St. Paul Church to be able to celebrate and commemorate this wonderful day. And in the Baptist Church, we do not christen, we dedicate. We dedicate, we give the child back to the Lord, just like Hannah gave Samuel back to the Lord. And so in that particular vein, um, we don't take this privilege lightly. We honor it and we thank God that you all have extended this wonderful opportunity to us. So for the family and friends that are gathered from near and far, bless you all for coming. For the Tullis, they have um, many, well, not many, but they have a few of their family that usually would be down front. But because of COVID, we want to practice physical distancing. But with that, um, let me extend a welcome and let me extend a thank you for you taking time out to, to come. To Clyde and to Precious, it's the Lord's desire. Uh, that whenever we have a baby that's being dedicated, that their parents understand the investment that's taking place. You all have made a commitment to each other through the covenant aspect of marriage, and now she's going to be looking to you all to demonstrate what godly parents look like. And so to uh, Clyde and to Precious, um, your job is to love her unconditionally, pray for her, be examples of Christian hope and faith that one day she will come to the saving knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. For the grandparents, raise your hand, grandparents. Guess what your job is? Spoil them and send them back. Amen. Amen. Spoil them and send them back. And to the rest of the family and friends, it's your job to give whatever support that you can. So I'm going to ask those that are present in the church, if you would, and when I ask you to stand, would you please stand? So to Clyde and to Precious, do you promise to love this child unconditionally, pray for her and provide for her needs so that one day she'll come to the saving knowledge of who Jesus Christ is? If so say we do. To the rest that are gathered as far as family, friends, and congregation in-house as well as on the screen virtually, do you promise to pray for this couple whenever they cross your mind? Be example of God's grace and mercy for Camille 
And then one day, hope and pray that she will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And when she walks down the aisle of this church, that we will celebrate and commemorate God for that. If so, those are in the house and on screen, would you say we do? As a matter of fact, those on screen, wave your hand like you just don't care. Wave them like, amen. There you go. All right. All right. At this time, I want to have prayer for Camille. And Clyde, if you could bring her here. I'm going to touch her, the back of her dress. God, in the name of your son, Jesus, we thank you for Camille Noah. And Lord, as we dedicate her back to you, we don't take it lightly. Lord, we pray for her parents, Clyde and Precious, her sister, grandparents, family, and friends that have come from near and far to celebrate this wonderful occasion. And Lord, we pray that her parents will guide and nurture her in such a way that she will one day come to the saving knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. Thank you for Camille. Thank you for her parents. But even more importantly, thank you for Jesus Christ who says, Suffer the little children, forbid them not to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. We give her back to you, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Camille Noah, we dedicate you in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son. And in the name of the blessed Holy Spirit. We have a certificate that commemorates this day. And this certificate put it someplace where she will understand the significance of it as she gets older. And help her to understand what it means to one day uh, come and get another certificate. And that will hopefully and prayerfully be her certificate of baptism and membership. Clyde and Precious, thank you all so much for letting us share in this wonderful occasion. Amen. You may return to your seats. We'll do pictures after church, okay? All right. Amen. Amen. Thank you and God bless you all uh, for joining in as far as this wonderful occasion is concerned. I want to welcome all of those who are joining us as far as our virtual uh, congregation is concerned. I see you all on Zoom and I'm waving at you. For those that are watching us on Facebook and YouTube, I'm waving at you as well as, well as our church website. I want to reiterate um, uh, Reverend C's uh, accolades as far as our worship participants are concerned. They did a wonderful job. And can we give God praise for them one more time? One more time. Thank you all so very much. And even though you may not have intended, uh, it is wonderful to, for people to see that here at St. Paul, we try to be as egalitarian as possible in the sense we believe that women uh, and girls have a place as far as the body of Christ is concerned to exercise their gifts. And it's something I don't take for granted. So thank you all so very, very much for the graciousness and the kindness that you all have extended as, as far as the utilization of your gift. Let me just welcome the Mecklenburg County Detention Center uh, as part of our social justice ministry, providing resource for our incarcerated 
related siblings. Uh, we have the opportunity to do a simulcast at this particular time as far as the detention center is concerned. And this is being broadcast to an estimate of about 1,500 individuals. And we pray that they will get what they need as far as the word of God is concerned. Also, it has been mentioned to me that St. Paul has been on the radio for 60 years in the month of July, 60 years of doing broadcast as far as radio station is concerned. I want to thank Sister Biddle for getting that word to me. And so we want to celebrate and thank God for that. Let me, if I could, I want to just mention that this Saturday at 9 o'clock, this Saturday, we're having our annual church conference. We're going to host this meeting virtually like we did last year. You're going to be able to register to, um, you're not able to register as far as online to get the Zoom access if you are a disciple here at St. Paul. Uh, last week, an email was sent out to those who are in our notification system. If you don't have an email, please call the church office. Leave your name and the contact information with Deacon Marilyn White, and she will respond to you and let you know what you need to do. Also on Saturday, August the 7th, 2021, we are preparing to be a vaccination site for those that are 12 and older, 12 and older. So we now know that the vaccination is being extended to our young people, particularly those between the ages of 12 to 18. And so uh, here at St. Paul, uh, on Saturday, August the 7th, more information will be coming as far as the time is concerned and as soon as we get that we'll let you know uh, but we want to encourage you uh, that if you feel led to be vaccinated please ma'am please sir get uh, the vaccination um, I tell people that when we talk about what's going on a lot of folks don't even realize that we now are dealing with the Delta variant and there's another variant out there it's called the Lambda variant it is being found in Texas as well as in 19 other countries. And so um, just when you, you hear one thing, here comes something else. Let me just stress, and I want to take this opportunity because I'm getting ready to talk about reentry. Let me just stress that I know there are a lot of people who are still uh, hesitant about taking the vaccination. Um, practically all of my staff has been vaccinated. Um, uh, many of us around here have been vaccinated, but we still have quite a few who have not been vaccinated. And uh, while we're not trying to make you get vaccinated, I, I just want to encourage you, please, ma'am, please, sir, give it consideration. Here's the deal. For those that are unvaccinated, right now the Delta variant is um, really impacting them in a major way. Over 95% of the people that are being hospitalized because of COVID right now are young people, and they are unvaccinated. Now, here's what I want. I want, I want you to hear me and hear me closely. Being vaccinated does not mean you can't get COVID. However, if you are vaccinated, it greatly lessens the impact that COVID can have on you. If you're vaccinated most likely uh, you will not have to go into ICU or be placed on a ventilator. Um, it, it will impact you, but not to the degree that it will if you're not vaccinated. This is why the vaccination is so important. The other thing is that being vaccinated helps to mitigate or lessen the capacity for the virus to mutate. Again, we know a lot of us know about Delta, 
but Lambda is on the way. And from what I've read and seen, Lambda is more virulent or worse than Delta. So we know that Delta can spread real easily. They're saying Lambda spreads worse than that. So this is why it's so important for you to consider being vaccinated and uh, uh, being led to be vaccinated. Now, we're getting ready to try to, well, we're going to come back into the church, but let me give this caveat statement first. That um, your safety and security after your salvation uh, are my greatest concerns. And we want to bring you back into the sanctuary as safely and as securely as possible. Uh, but I want to let you know that here at the church, if we see that Delta and if Lambda rises to the occasion, if they're becoming so virulent that it will require for the county and the state to do some measures, we're going to follow those measures, even if it means we have to go back to what we've been doing for the last almost 18 months. And that is virtual church totally. So right now, we're still moving ahead because, unfortunately, we got to learn how to live with COVID. Because certain of us won't let us be great. If we were getting vaccinated, we could kind of nip this uh, more than what we have been. But you all have been watching the news. You all are keenly aware that we are seeing the numbers go back up. So I want to let you know that as your pastor, if we see that uh, it's heading or trending in a way that, of course, this county, city, and state will have to issue some mandates, we're going to follow the mandates. And if it means that we won't be able to open up or if we open up, hear me well, if we open up and we have to shut it back down, we're going to do that. Again, your safety and security after your salvation are my greatest concerns. So let me just share that uh, this Saturday, this Saturday at 1130 after our church conference, we're going to be meeting with all frontline people. That's parking ministry, security, first impression, medical team, ushers, deacons, intake, new disciples ministry, financial team, and our church staff at 1130. Here are the points I want to share with you and ask that you share them with others. We have some of our disciples who don't watch us. And, and, and let me just share that I run into people who claim to be part of St. Paul, say, I can't wait till we go back into church. And the first thing I ask them is, well, do you know when we're going back in? No. That means they're not watching. We've been saying for the last month and a half, we're going back in first Sunday, August at 10 o'clock. Um, so I need you to share this with your personal network. First Sunday, 10 o'clock. Again, strongly recommend that you be vac vaccinated before attending, but it's not required. We're asking everyone who desires to come to church on the first Sunday that you register online. Registration is open right now. If you have your phones open while you're watching us on TV or on your computer, you can scan the QR code. You see that QR code? You can scan that code, and it will take you to the registration uh, pre-screening questionnaire. If we have visitors who do not register in advance, we will require that they register on site. We want to be able to provide necessary contact tracing if it becomes uh, warranted. We're going to be moving our worship time to 10 o'clock on Sunday, August 1st. 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock. 
we are preparing for 50% capacity in this building, 800 people um, who will be seated on both levels of the sanctuary. All the recommended CDC health and safety protocols are going to be observed, which means that when you come in, we're going to ask that you will keep your mask on. Uh, not face shields, not gaiters, not bandanas, mask. That's going to be required. If you don't have a mask when you come in, one will be provided. If you have an issue wearing a mask or you don't want to wear a mask, we're going to ask that you not come. Uh, because, again, we want to practice safety and um, safe protocols. Once you proceed to our check-in, we're going to have an area roped off with decals to ensure proper spacing. Being our first Sunday, the deacons will hand out communion elements when you walk into the door, but don't take the communion elements until it's time. Um, the ushers will escort you to your seating, which means that where you are accustomed to sitting, that is no longer going to be priority. Uh, they will seat you uh, according to how you come in so that we can make sure we practice physical distancing. Uh, once the bottom floor is filled, we will escort attendees to the balcony. If you wake up on Sunday morning and you don't feel well, that means if you got a headache, if your body aches, you got a stuffy nose, you got a sore throat, you got diarrhea, you're coughing, you got unexplained fatigue, if you think you got a sinus infection, stay home. Stay home and go get tested. Stay home and go get tested. If you have a compromised immune system, basically what this means is that you're going through chemotherapy or radiation for cancer. You got to have some type of special infusion that will compromise your immune system. Um, uh, we're asking that you stay home. If you're about to have surgery, we're asking that you stay home. If you're on dialysis, we're asking that you stay home because your system is greatly compromised and you don't have the immunity to handle what needs to be handled. We're moving our Sunday morning live class to 845. For now, our classes will remain 100% online. And uh, we are expanding the number of people to attend funeral services pre-screening and required information for contact tracing. We will not be hosting any eating events in the gym for the rest of this year uh, because of uh, distancing and things of that sort. So we ask that you all will work with us, share this with your family and friends who think they may want to come, and I look forward to seeing you all, uh, as many of you all that I can, on next Sunday at 10 o'clock. Thank you for that. As we prepare to go to the Lord in prayer, um, we want to lift up um, Sister Maud Jenkins. She's the mother of um, our medical team uh, chair, Diane Johnson. Uh, we want to cover her in our prayers. And uh, I believe that the funeral will be taking place from what was shared with me. Uh, the viewing will be on Tuesday, July the 27th from 2 to 6 at Kinsey and Walton Funeral Home in Augusta, Georgia. And a grade staff service will be held on Wednesday, July 28th at Hillcrest Memorial Park in Augusta, Georgia at 10 o'clock. We want to continue to lift her in our prayers. I also ask that we lift up the family of Brother Johnny Stackhouse, the brother of Sister Martha Graham. His services were this Saturday in Lumberton. 
uh, the names of persons that are hospitalized, Robert Lund, Francis Montgomery, Gina Pettis-Dean, Eleonora Lee, Anthony Farr, uh, our pastor emeritus, Dr. Paul Drummond and his wife, uh, Sister Thomasina, uh, deacon in training, Brother Thomas Falls. We want to continue to lift up those persons, Sister Eloise Alexander, who continues to be uh, recuperating from surgery. And there will be other names that will be scrolling up and down our list, and we ask that you all will keep those persons, those situations in prayer. I'm going to ask that Peyton, um, he's going to come and give us our uh, pastoral prayer. And then I will ask that you will also lift up the family. Um, you may not, may not know him. The family of Dr. Henry Gibbons. Dr. Henry Gibbons um, uh, was the former president of Harrisville State University, which was the only HBCU in St. Louis, Missouri. And he was 90 years old, and the Lord called him from labor to refreshment. He had a very impactful work in the St. Louis area. So I ask that you would lift up his daughter, Stacy, as well as his wife, Miss Belma, uh, as they prepare to funeralize him on next Saturday as he would be lying in state at the university. Uh, he was one of the, my former members when I was the pastor at the Central Baptist Church. And so if you could, flank that family in prayer. At this time, Peyton would take us to the throne of grace. Would you please bow your heads with me? Let's go to God in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I'm reminded of your wonderful son, Jesus, Lord, this morning and his ability to God to be the one that stands on our behalf, God, and uh, who is able to help us and be with us, God, through everything and anything that we are going through. So, Lord, I pray that in Jesus' name, God, that you would be with the families that were mentioned, God, by pastor, be with those that are on our prayer list and that are on our hearts and our minds this morning. God, give them the strength that you gave Jesus to bear the cross and to show so much love for us, Lord. God, I pray that they would encounter that same strength and the comfort and peace that comes with knowing that we serve a risen Savior, God. Lord, I pray that you would be with them, Lord. Your, your word says that you are close, that you are near to the brokenhearted. You are with those who are crushed in spirit. God, lift us up if we are feeling sad or discouraged this morning. Lift us up if we have a family member that's going through a rough time or a, or a rough encounter with an illness. God, I pray that you would be the God, be the good doctor that you so often are and heal them in a mighty way, both physically and spiritually. And help us to be able to minister to them, Lord, and to love them on your behalf. God, we love you so, so very much this morning. God, help us to turn to you with all of our prayers, knowing that you are capable, that you are able, that you are willing, and you will, will ultimately be able to come through for us, God. You will answer our prayers, you will hear us, and you will show up in a mighty way. We love you, Lord. Thank you so much for being who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Reverend C. And we pray that you all will receive that prayer. And if you believe that God is answering that prayer, would you give God the praise that God so richly and rightfully deserve? If you would, those that are watching us online, just put some hearts or put some hands or something giving God praise online. Amen. 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 Beloved, 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 it is time for us to partner with our God through the act of giving. Giving is a part, a wonderful, tangible part of our worship experience. And as you prepare to give, there are three ways that you can give here at the St. Paul Church. The first way is by mailing your check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28205. 
or if you desire to drop off your check, cash, or money order at the church, call the church office at 704-334-5309 to make sure someone is here to receive your offering. We'll place it in a safe, and it will be counted the following Sunday. The second way you can give is through our website, either tapping on the ACS or the Church Life button, and you can give as far as that is concerned. Another way you can give as far as uh, the church is concerned is through Givelify. If you don't have that app, download that app. Search for St. Paul Baptist Church, Charlotte, North Carolina. You ought to see this beautiful sanctuary connected to your favorite credit card. And in three clicks, you can give. For those that are in-house right now, if you have an offering that you would like to give, I would just like for you to, when we get ready to pray over the offering, just hold up your offering. Jerry will come by and receive your offering. Am I right, Brother Jerry? Amen, amen, amen. So do me a favor. If you would, however you're giving, put your offering in your right hand if you're able and lift it to the heavens. We want to give God what's right, not what's left. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come right now. We thank you for the wonderful opportunity to partner with you as far as giving is, is concerned. This is good ground, God. And you have blessed us to be a blessing to our community, city, county, state, country, and world. For that, God, the generosity of the wonderful people here at St. Paul has made your name great. And we want to continue to make your name even greater. So, Lord, if you would, bless those who are practicing the discipline of tithing and giving offerings, starting at even what we call the floor level of biblical giving. God, there may be those who may not be tithing, but they're trying to give something. God, continue to stretch and enhance their faith. Then, God, for those who feel like they don't have to give everything, God, if you would, convict them and show them they can't beat you giving no matter how hard you try. And then, God, for those that are giving beyond the tithe and the offering, doing grace giving, bless them in a Godful way. Take these gifts of ours, oh God, multiply them in the way you see fit so that your word, your work, your witness, and your worship will continue to go forth through the tribe known as St. Paul. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you have a paper offering or a physical offering, if you would hold that up, Jerry's going to come and receive it. And we thank you so much for that. For those of you all who have given uh, online, thank you all so very much. Before our choir singing ensemble come and blesses us today, what we want to do is we want to introduce our guest preacher. Uh, for this youth day now he looks younger than what he uh, he's younger than what he looks because I thought that he was older the way he carries himself uh, but uh, I met this brother uh, several weeks ago uh, he is a fraternity brother of mine member of the greatest fraternity in the world the Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated <clears throat> and um, uh, I met him as far as our Dude, we'll talk after church. <laughs> uh, but uh, I met him uh, as far as that was concerned, and we have, um, uh, when you hear him preach, you will see why I invited him today. 32 years old, and at the age of 32, he has accomplished so much. He's the pastor of the historic Mount Bethel Baptist Church in Nashville, Tennessee, he is a graduate of American Baptist College, graduated uh, with honors, um, got the BA from there, and then he um, 
uh, received his uh, certification as a marriage and family counselor while earning the MA degree from Lipscomb College. And he also has the earned doctor of ministry degree from Virginia University, where he was a Leonard N. Smith fellow. Um, his church, the Mount Bethel Baptist Church, last year, just as the pandemic was getting ready to go full force, his church was devastated by tornadoes that hit the Nashville area. And in Nashville, I believe they lost nearly 30 lives, uh, but his church was totally devastated. And so with the devastation of his church from a tornado, coupled with uh, the rise of the pandemic, put him between really a rock and a hard place. And yet he is leading that congregation with such a courage, such a boldness, um, that they continue to grow in spite of. Um, he is, uh, I consider to be a, a wonderful thinker. I'm looking forward to hearing him share the word of God, particularly for our young people and in general for all of us. He's married to Kelly Boyd. Uh, she is a double graduate of Belmont University in uh, Nashville. And she also has a master's degree in education from Vanderbilt. She is a math instructor. And uh, I may have to rely on Sister Kelly to help Cheris out when it comes to some math issues between her and my sister Tammy. Hopefully they will help her be good. They have uh, three children, Adrian and Gavin, and one daughter, Miss Ryan Boyd. I'm going to ask that you all in virtual space as well as in the church, if you all would pray for our preacher, Dr. Jock Boyd, that the Lord will use him in a mighty in a magnificent way, and that the Lord will give unto him what God will have for us to receive. So after this singing ensemble, the next voice you will hear will be that our preacher for today, uh, the Reverend Dr. Jock Boyd, the pastor, senior pastor of the Mount Bethel Baptist Church in Nashville, Tennessee.
favor in your sight. Find favor in your sight. Lord, please, Lord, please. Lord, please. Hear my heart's cry. Hear my heart's cry. Desperately waiting. Desperately waiting. Just to be.
my king. I want to be where you are. Peace is where you are. Joy is where you are. And love is who you are. I want to be, want to be, want to be First and foremost, thanking you for this day. A day that we never seen before and surely we will never see again. We come now thanking you for the songs of Zion that have been sung. We thank you, God, for the fervent prayers that have been shared. We thank you, God, for the gifts of the youth that have been on display. We thank you, God, for the sacrifices that have been made through the tithe and offering. And now we have come up to the moment of preaching. And as the songwriter just declared, we want to be where you are. So we ask now, O oh God, that you send us a word from on high. We ask, God, that you give us fresh revelation so our lives will indeed be elevated. We ask, God, that you take me, hide me deep down in your bosom. Allow me to preach one God, one faith, and one baptism. We ask, God, that you allow some woman, some man, some boy, some girl to come running and screaming, what must I do to be saved? We know, God, that we are used to worshiping physically, but we thank God for you allowing your word to go forth virtually. So we ask now, God, that you continue to allow your word to go from heart to heart and from breast to breast. We ask, God, that your word still provides liberation. We ask, God, that your word still gives us a reason of celebration. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Hide me behind the cross. Sir, so we will see Jesus. It's in Jesus who is the Christ name that we pray. 
and all the blood-washed believers in this sanctuary and joining us virtually said amen, amen, and amen. Look, this truly is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. We rise giving honor to God, who indeed is the head of our lives, to Jesus, who is the Christ, the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter. I must agree with the words of Peter while standing on the Mount of Transfiguration. It's just good to be here. There's a lot of places we should have been, a lot of places we could have been, but God has allowed our time to roll on a little while longer, and for that we are grateful and we are appreciative. I also thank God on today for your very fine pastor, Dr. Scott, and my mother had always told me, folks don't have to be nice to you, but whenever they are, you ought to be kind enough to say thank you, and I want to thank you publicly as I have privately for this precious preaching opportunity and what you have done in my life up to this very moment. I thank God for putting friends in our lives. You know, it's nothing like a friend. We thank God for his love, the wife, lady, pair. We thank God for you and your gentle and your kind spirit. We thank God for you here at the St. Paul Baptist Church of Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, I have a job to do, and I don't plan on bothering you long on today. Uh, if you don't mind turning with me to Acts chapter 17, Acts chapter number 17, and we will commence reading at verse number 22. Acts chapter 17, commencing reading at verse number 22, and we will conclude here at the end of the chapter. And yes, this is a lengthy scripture reading, but we don't want to take for granted that we read our Bibles, do we? Acts chapter 17, beginning with verse number 22, from the New King James Version of the Bible, reads this way. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For as I was passing through, considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Uh, therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you, God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with human hands, nor is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything since he gives to all life, breath and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they may grope for him and find him though he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Therefore, since we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. 
Because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising from the dead. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, while others said, we will hear you again on this matter. So Paul departed from among them, concluding here with verse number 34. However, some men joined him and believed. Among them was Dionysius, the Areocrite, and a woman named Demaristus, and others with them. Thus for the reading of God's holy, divine, and true word. Look, for the next few moments with God's help in your prayers, we just want to encourage you from this thought. Exposing the unknown God. Exposing the unknown God. Over the past 50 years, from the silent generation's young adulthood to that of Generation Z's today, we have undergone large cultural and societal shifts. Uh, in general, we're better educated, which is a factor tied to employment and financial well-being. We have brought more racial and ethnic diversity to American society. And while we have made strides intellectually, it is my conviction that we have regressed theologically. I believe that our aspirations for intellectual superiority has caused us to be inferior spiritually and illiterate biblically. We have allowed our focus to be on the temporal attaining and sustaining worldly values and standards which are temporary at best. Rather to focus on things eternal. And I hear you even in the midst of this virtual space, what things are eternal? Well, firstly, the word of God is eternal. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 8 and 1 Peter 1 uh, verses 24 and 25 declares, The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God endures forever. In other words, things may come and things may go, but we have God's word to sustain us through it all. And I don't know who that word is for on this morning, but some people have put some ugly words in your life. They said you will never be anything. They said you will never do anything. They said you will never go anywhere. But allow me to encourage you that God's word is the final factor on your life because God's word says you are the head and not the tail. God's word says you are above and not beneath and God's word is eternal while man's word is just temporary. Not only is the word of God eternal but secondly the soul of humanity is eternal. 
The Bible in Psalms 139 verses 13 through 16 and Jeremiah 1 verse 5 informs us that God forms us in our mother's womb and that God knows us even before we are born. Or James chapter 4 verse 14 informs us that our time on earth is but a mist or a vapor. And Ecclesiastes 12 and 7 encourages us that our spirit will eventually return to God who gave it. The soul is precious and has a destination beyond this world. That's why Jesus said in Mark 8 verse 36, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world and forfeit their soul? In John chapter 5, verse 28 and 29, Jesus made this stunning revelation. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. And all of us know the famous words of John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only and one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life God's word is eternal the soul of humanity is eternal but thirdly the love of God is eternal Look, Psalms 136 encourages us that God's love endures forever and ever. In other words, God's love isn't like our love. Our love is situational. Uh, Our love is circumstantial. Uh, Our love determines how we feel about one another. But God's love is unconditional. Because the truth of the matter is we should all have that testimony that God looked beyond our faults and he's seen our needs. And we cannot look beyond the faults of one another because we don't truly love one another. But God God looks beyond our sin-filled self and loves us anyway. I know you don't believe me, so I brought Paul to come be a testament today. You remember what he said in Romans 8 and 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, nor the present nor the future, nor the powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And can I tell you, my sister, can I? I tell you, my brother, there have been many things down through the years that tried to separate us from the love of God. We came over on slave ships. We were enslaved for years because they were trying to separate us from the love of God. Can I tell you that Jim Crow took place? It was laws of segregation because they were trying to separate us from the love of God. Can I tell you we have the new Jim Crow mass incarceration that keeps us incarcerated in higher rates than we are populated because they try to separate 
separate us from the love of God. We have public police brutality happening all the streets around this country because they are trying to keep us from the love of God. We have people who have sworn to protect and serve that are instead serving us life sentences in cemeteries without the possibility of control because they are trying to keep us from the love of God. But the truth of the matter is God still loves us anyway. God still has his hands on us and God is still keeping us and there ought to be someone inside this sanctuary that be ought to be someone in this virtual space that don't mind testifying that God's love is keeping me and and the truth of the matter is I wish I could just say it like my grandmother used to say it Uh, she didn't have the theological education But simply when she wanted to tell us that we need to reveal the Lord, she would just sing one of those good old hymns. She would say something like this. The time is filled with swift transition. Not on earth unmoved can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Trust in him who will not leave you whatsoever years may bring. If by earthly friends forsaken, still more closely to him cling. Covered not this world's vain riches that so rapidly decay. Seek to gain the heavenly treasure. They will never pass away. And when your journey is complete, it's a God you have been true. Fair and bright the home in glory your enraptured soul will view. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Build your hopes on things eternal. And somebody ought to have the testimony this morning that I'm going to hold on to God's hand. Look, I'm I'm running fast. Uh, In this pericope, Paul goes to Athens where he observes numerous of idols and temples of different gods and encounters philosophers and adherents to a multitude of worldviews. Uh, This is better known as Greek mythology. Paul is invited to speak at the Areopagus, and Paul proceeds to give us a great example for how to connect people who are in many ways far from God. Uh, Allow me to stop here parenthetically and tell you this on today. Uh, Many of us preach about them. Many of us pray about him. Many of us serve in his name. But the truth of the matter is we are far from God. The truth of the matter is this country says in God we trust. Anyone who takes any position is sworn in on God's word and they are still far from God. Our judges and lawmakers said that they will live under the moral and ethics of God. But yet and still you see laws that are immoral and unethical because they are far from God. We have denominational leaders who claim to be evangelical and yet and still is nothing evangelical about anything anything that they do because they are far from God and allow me to encourage you my sister and my brother do not fake it on this side because God can see you we like to say that God knows our heart but the scary thing about it is God knows our heart he begins in verses 22 and 23 By complimenting their religious devotion and then zeroes in on the altar of the unknown God. 
He declares that what they worship as unknown, that he will reveal to them as the God of Israel. He he says to them, who is this God? I'm glad you asked. Let me share this with you. Uh, God is the creator of the world which is immediately different from the gods of the Greek Parthenon who in themselves were created. So literally he says God is the creator of the world. And then in verse 25, he informs them and he informs us that God is not dependent upon human hands for anything. Or the truth of the matter is, I know you thought you were important. I know you thought that you were needed. But before there was ever a me or you, before there was ever a man or a woman, there was a God, which means that God does not need us, but we need God. He says, God, who does not live in temples made by human hands, God does not require the worshiper's religious gifts. And since God doesn't need help, verse 26 informs us that God is the one who guides history. I know you thought it was your story. I know you thought it was your song. But the truth of the matter is, it is God who guides history, which means human existence depends upon God. It's not God being dependent on human existence. The text reads, by whom we live and move and have our being. And since God guides human history, it means it is God who makes and has a plan for our lives. And allow me to encourage someone on this day. I know you don't know where you're going. You know you don't know how you're going to get there. But God has a plan for you. You remember what he told Abraham, just go and sit and I will show you. When you get there and it's the same thing for each and every one of us. The storms may rise, the winds may blow, the thunder may roar, the lightning may flash. But no matter how high you may be, no matter how low you think you are, remember that God has a plan for you. So who is this God? God is totally self-sufficient. Meaning totally without need. A God is omnipotent, meaning all powerful. God is omnipotent, meaning all knowing. God is omnipresent, meaning always everywhere. God is infinite, meaning limitless. God is immutable, meaning never changes. God is gracious, meaning sparing the guilty. God is merciful, meaning compassionate and kind. God is just, which means infinitely unchangeably right and perfect. In all that he does. God is good meaning kind and full of goodwill. God is faithful meaning loyal and true. And the end of the story is this. God is my beginning. God is my end. God is my alpha. God is my omega. God is my everything. And somebody ought to have the testimony that God is. Literally. Paul tells us and tells them who God is. And then Paul gives us life application in verses 27 through 29. 
Paul says that God had made humans in such a way that we yearn for God and seek after God. Uh, Look, my brother, look, my sister. You always wonder what was that bubbling up on the inside of you that you could never put your finger on. You know, you change relationships, you change jobs, you change locations, you change habits, but yet and still you were not fulfilled. Because the truth of the matter is we have all been created to yearn for God. The saints of old used to say like this, what is this uh, that makes me run and nobody's chasing me? What What is this that makes me cry and nobody's bothering me? And they will turn around and say, whatever it is, it will not let me hold my peace and the truth of the matter is until you give God your hand until you give Jesus your life until you give the church your service you will never be fulfilled because there are places in all of our lives that is reserved for God and God alone verse 30 says the time of ignorance has passed. It's no longer an excuse that you didn't know. Because the truth of the matter is, I don't care how young you may be, how old you think that you are, everyone has to have a starting point somewhere. And you can no longer claim what happened to you is the reason why you are where you are. Because all of us have the same opportunity to be exposed to the same God. And the God that I serve can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or even think. So the question now becomes, how do we expose the unknown God. Look, I'm going to give you a few things, shout my own self happy, and I will bid you farewell. And firstly and foremost, uh, we expose the unknown God by building bridges. We, we expose the unknown God by building bridges. Watch the text. Paul uses his knowledge of Greek culture to build a bridge to the people. Uh, You know, we are good at building barriers. Uh, We're good at identifying what we don't have in common. We we are good at identifying what we don't like about one another. But the truth of the matter is, if we're going to expose this unknown God to this world who doesn't know him, we have to learn how to build bridges. He wants them to see how things they have been reading and writing in their everyday life are actually bits and pieces of truth propelling them toward the unknown God. Look, the theologian John Calvin said it like this. All truth is from God. And consequently, if wicked men have said anything that is true and just, we ought not reject it, for it has come from God. Paul is showing us, St. Paul, that as the church, while Jesus is the truth, there is truth out there that can be used to point people to Jesus. 
I know you don't understand the Black Lives Matters movement, uh, uh, but it's some truth in the movement uh, that can point people to Jesus. I, I know you don't understand all of the riots and chaos that is taking on, but the truth of the matter is it's truth in the riots uh, that can point people to Jesus. And listen to me, young people. Listen to me, elderly people. Listen to me, people in between. We have to have connection before we have correction. Oh, let me say that again. I said we have to have connection before we have correction. Because the truth of the matter is, uh, all the people, if you're not connected to the movement, how in the world do you think you can correct what they're doing wrong? And people in the movement, if you're not connected to the church, how can you correct the wrong ways that we are going? And each and every one of us need to realize on both sides of the bridges, we have to have that connection before we have those corrections okay you don't believe me Uh, in his letter to the Corinthian church Paul wrote this uh, I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some I do it all for the sake of the gospel So when we translate Jesus' words differently, uh, we are not corrupting God's word, but rather we're making it accessible to the culture foreign to that of the Jewish culture of the Bible. Uh, Dr. Amy G. Levine wrote wonderfully in her book, The Misunderstood Jew, uh, that no matter what you try to do with Jesus, you can't separate Jesus from his Jewishness. So when we share the good news, It is important to remember that the good news is Jesus and not our culture. The good news is Jesus and not our traditions. The good news is Jesus and not the way that I want it to be. Not the way that I want it to go. The good news is Jesus. And we reach the world by interacting with their sources and showing how elements already found in the culture point back to Jesus. Look, we're running fast. Uh, We're exposed to unknown God by building bridges. But secondly, we expose the unknown God by believing in the resurrection. By by believing In the resurrection. Look. Paul ends this proclamation. By sharing the good news of the resurrected Christ. And the truth of the matter is this. The resurrection to us may not be shocking. Because many of us believe in some sort of nubilist life after death today. But during the time of the first church, a belief in resurrection was not common. Even within Judaism, the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. Our Bible readers would know in Mark chapter 12 verse 18, it said you lived and then you died. That was it. Uh, but we're living in a day now where the two largest world religions believe in the resurrection of uh, both Christianity and Islam. 
They preach and teach about the resurrection. So the question becomes, what makes Christianity any different? We see here in Acts chapter 17, verse 18, that Paul was preaching about Jesus. And since Paul was preaching about Jesus, it is Jesus that makes the difference. And if you watch it in the text, this chapter concludes and says that some mocked him. But but then it says that others left believing. And and I bid you farewell, St. Paul. But I got to ask the question, uh, when was the last time you shared Jesus? Uh, uh, When was the last time uh, you told them that Jesus is a part of the Trinity? Uh, When was the last time you told them that it's God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, Allow me to ask you, St. Paul, when was uh, the last time you told them that he came down through 40 and two generations? Uh, uh, When was the last time that you told them that Jesus was born in the lowly manger? Uh, uh, When was the last time that you told them that Jesus walked the dusty streets of Capernaum? Uh, Can I ask you, St. Paul, when was the last time you told them about Jesus? Uh, When was the last time you told them he gave sight to the blind? Uh, When was the last time you told them that you healed the sick? Uh, When was the last time you told them uh, that he raised the dead? Uh, And as I bid you farewell, St. Paul, uh, can I tell you, uh, you got to expose the unknown God. So the question becomes, what is unknown about this God? Well, you got to tell them that he is Mary's son. You got to tell them he is Joseph's stepson. You got to tell them he is Anne's grandson. You got to tell them he is James's brother. You got to tell them he's Matthew's Messiah. That he's Mark's vindicator. That he's Luke's great physician. That he's John word made flesh. You got to tell them that he is Peter's Pentecost. He is Paul Damascus Road. You got to tell them he is my beginning. He is my end. You got to tell them that his name is Jesus. And is there anybody here that knows my Jesus? Is there anybody who's watching that you know my Jesus? Is there anybody here that knows his story? One Friday on a hill called Carrie. They put nails in his hands. They put rivers in his feet. They mocked him. Said here hangs the king of the Jews. They put thorns in his head. They pissed him in his side. Is there anybody here that know that he died? He Tell 
Eve. He told Eve to tell Abraham. He told Abraham to tell Isaac. He told Isaac to tell Jacob. He told Jacob to tell Joseph. He told Joseph to tell Moses. He told Moses to tell Joshua. He told Joshua to tell Ruth. He told Ruth to tell Samuel. He told Samuel to tell David. He told David to tell Solomon. He told Solomon to tell Samson. He told Samson to tell Nahum. He said, go get everybody from Malachi. He said, this day we're getting up. And aren't you glad that he got up? And since he got up, we will get up. And since we will get up, one glad morning when this life is over, everything's gonna be watching? Is there anybody listening? That that's your story. That that's your song. That he walks with me. That he talks with me. That he tells me that I am his own. Is there anybody here that you're glad that that unknown God is now known? That unknown God is your God. A good God. He's a great God. He's an awesome God. And is there anybody here that don't mind helping me preach and opening up your mouth and say this joy that I have? The world didn't give it and they can't take it away. Oh, y'all ain't helping me preach, but I will preach to myself. I was sinking a deep in but it was love that lifted me is there anybody here that you know about that love is there anybody here that you appreciate that love well if you know about that love if you appreciate that love open up your mouth and tell God thank you open up your mouth and give him some praise you ought to wave your hands you ought to keep myself. Is there anybody here that you've been kept? If you've been kept, can you say yes? Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Yes. you are right now can you give God praise for that powerful word exposing the unknown God Dr. Jock Boyd you are somebody's preacher and we have been blessed in a tremendous and a profound way thank you thank you my brother thank you my brother for that powerful word thank you so much Uh, we have all been helped it is my hope and prayer that as you're watching us right now, we want to take this opportunity 
to extend to you if you're in the house as well as if you're watching us online. That if you don't know who this God is, you've been exposed to that God right now. Uh, this God is the creator, sent Jesus Christ, our redeemer, who sent the Holy Spirit, our keeper and our comforter, the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit, creator, redeemer, sustainer, the triune God, wants a relationship with you. You're saying to yourself, well, pastor, you know, I got to get myself right. Guess what? If you could have gotten yourself right, you didn't need to send Jesus. You need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. How, how can that happen? It's easier than we make it out to be. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you what? shall be saved. It's, it's really that simple. So it is a head heart thing. It is you meaning the words that you say. And if you mean the words that you say in your head and your heart, God will save you. And then God will also put you in a place where you can grow and develop. Too many of us, we're happy just to be saved, just to get a, get out of hell free car. But God wants your life to be so much more than that. I want to offer you this opportunity as I pray, or as rather we pray together, that if that word was meant for you and you want this relationship with Jesus Christ, in-house as well as those that are watching us virtually, you can have that. So wherever you are right now, physical space or virtual space. I want you to do me this favor. Just bow your heads and repeat after me. God, I thank you for making yourself known to us through Jesus Christ. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. I believe he died on a cross. I believe you raised him from the dead. And I believe one day he's coming back. But until then, send your Holy Spirit to lead me, to comfort me, and to correct me. I submit to you. Thank you for the gift of your salvation. Thank you for the gift of eternal life. Thank you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, I pray this prayer. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, you meant that prayer in your head, your heart, your mind, your soul. You're sincere about that prayer. Salvation is yours. Is it really that easy? Yeah, because you're not saved by your works. You're saved by your confession of faith in Jesus Christ. And so if you're in the house right now, if you're in the house and you have confessed Jesus Christ, you want a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you. Would you come down if you're in the house? If you don't know who Jesus Christ is, if you're in the house right now, come on down. Come on down. Come on down. I would love for you to know and we would love to resource you with what you need. But if you're watching us online, you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You want to know what next steps are? Here they are. First of all, if you're watching us online, and you want to join St. Paul as far as being a candidate for salvation, do me this favor on Facebook and on our website. If you would, type in salvation in the chat box. One of our digital ministers are going to reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. Uh, uh, let you know how to get in touch with the church and then let you know how to move forward as far as that's concerned. If you're listening to us on uh, YouTube or the telephone, Email us at connect 
at spbcnc.org or call the church office at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and a phone number and someone by five o'clock tomorrow will reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. That's if you want to be baptized. You may be watching us and you may be saying, listen, pastor, I'm, I'm already saved. I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But I would love to connect with St. Paul. I would love to become part of the tribe of St. Paul. But guess what? We would love to have you as part of this tribe. We would love to have you as a disciple here at St. Paul. I would love to be your pastor. These men and women that are watching us virtually would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. And so guess what? If you want to join us, this is how you can join us. If you're in the house right now, you want to join us, I encourage you to come on down. Come on down. We will help you to become part of our church. If you're watching us on uh, our various platforms, do me this favor. Just type in Connect if you're on Facebook or our church website. One of our digital ministers are going to reach out to you. If you are listening to us on YouTube or the telephone, email us at connect at spbcnc.org or call the church office at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and your number. Again, by 5 o'clock tomorrow, someone will reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. We would love for you to be part of our church family. Amen. Were you all not blessed by this preacher and the word he preached today? If you were, can you just give God praise for that? Can you give God praise for that? Before we close out uh, and before we have our benediction, uh, Reverend C, thank you for your leadership as far as our Youth Sunday is concerned. Thanks to all of those that have participated as far as uh, Youth Sunday to Trinity, um, to Shanice, as well as to Kamaya. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you to the Tullis family for allowing us to share in this wonderful, wonderful occasion of dedicating your child to our singing ensemble. God bless you. Thank you all so very much. Uh, our audio video ministry, our medical team. Thank you all so very, very much for the hard work. We're getting ready to get out of here. So let's stand if you're in the house. Let's bow our heads in prayer. God, we thank you for this powerful word. And we pray you will replenish and refresh your preacher, your servant, my brother, Dr. Jock Boy. We pray right now, God, that as we leave from this place and this space, we will make the unknown God known in a culture that despises and don't care about God. That through our life, we will build bridges. That through our life, we will uh, make the connection so that people will come to the saving knowledge of who you are. Dismiss us from this moment, but never from your presence. Keep us in your sovereign care until we're able to come back together again. We look forward, oh God, to next Sunday, to being able to worship you in physical form with as many people as we can get into the sanctuary. But until then, keep us throughout the rest of this week. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Listen, I love you, but God loves you more. Have a safe, blessed week. Continue to wear your mask, practice social distancing, continue to wash your hands or sanitize. God bless you all. Look forward to seeing you all real soon. Don't forget church conference next week at nine o'clock virtually.